This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's poem. Quote, I often sit idle and wonder why some things are the way they are, why we romanticize pain and idolize exhaustion. I am a burnout, and it is not fun. I lack discipline, and it is not cool. I sit face to face with a screen at a godforsaken hour in the night, validated by bosses and colleagues who, like me, have no life. When I wake in the mornings, I avoid sunlight and people, sticking to a cup of hot coffee that makes me feel less like a human and more like a machine. In the evening, I choose to make dollar bills, forget dinner, and create problems, not just for myself, but for people who, like me, look for validation. Well, I'm giving you the validation. You are better than everyone else. You're richer, busier, wiser. Just take my advice and put your riches, busyness, and wisdom to better use. Find yourself a real world filled with real people. Romanticize romance. And solve problems created not by you, but what life throws at you. Who knows, maybe amidst all the hustle and virtual actuality, you may find yourself a life to live. End quote. And that poem is by the poet Nandini Seti. It's entitled Hustlin' and Bustlin'. And I figured it was another good way to start off the new year. I thought I'd take a look at a poem that speaks very much to me and very much to you, I suspect, as well. I very much enjoy coming up on the end of a year, largely because you get those very interesting lists. Every app out there seems to want to tell you about what you did or didn't do that year. You get your top lists from your favorite music app, and you get the most visited websites list, and you get the top 20 this and the top 10 that. And I find those to be very interesting because almost always, whenever I dig into those, I end up finding something that I find quite fascinating. And this was no exception. As 2022 came to a close, I found myself perusing a list of best of 2022. And one of them directed me to a website called Beyond the Panorama. And the Beyond the Panorama is actually Nandini Seti's website. And I didn't know that at the time. But she publishes a lot of content there. And it's an absolutely fantastic repository of uplifting stories, challenging poetry, and otherwise very interesting content from both her and from other storytellers and poets alike. And Nandini Seti is also the fundraising lead for Justice Without Borders. And Justice Without Borders is a great organization, as many of those similarly named organizations, Doctors Without Borders, Lawyers Without Borders, Justice Without Borders, etc., are people who want to do well for those who need help. And Justice Without Borders is no different. Justice Without Borders is a nonprofit organization. And I'm going to read from their website, which, for those of you curious, is for, F-O-R, justicewithoutborders.org. And on their about page, this is what they say. Quote, we are a regional nonprofit organization that support victims of labor exploitation and human trafficking in seeking compensation against their abusers even after they return home. In Asia, we work across Hong Kong, Singapore, Indonesia, and the Philippines to grow the capacity for access to justice. We then drive groundbreaking civil litigation that turns the extraordinary of cross-border compensation claims into the ordinary. End quote. And that's a pretty fantastic organization, if you ask me. They're, challenge- they're taking on a very challenging problem. 
and that is human exploitation and human trafficking, and seeking to gain justice for those people. And thankfully, to the best of my knowledge, I've never come across direct human trafficking. It's very, very hard to see. It's very insidious most of the times. Oftentimes, you may see signs that say, if you see something, say something, and other cliches like that. But they ring very true. In fact, in the Marine Corps, we're required to take human trafficking training in an effort to recognize it. The thought there being that we travel abroad quite frequently into many countries around the world. And as I said, human trafficking can be very hard to see. It's deliberately hidden from the worldview because it is, one, illegal, and two, we get some very strong emotions from people when they realize that it's going on. Now, I say that I've never directly seen it, but I've almost certainly been tangentially associated with it. Why? Because it's more ubiquitous than you'd realize. We encounter it every day. The various people that do what some of us may consider to be less than desirable jobs may very well be being exploited. And so what people like Nandini and the rest of her organization do is attempt to bring justice and proper compensation to people who have been exploited by those in power. A very, very noble cause indeed. And of course, this episode isn't just to talk about Justice Without Borders, although I would encourage you to go peruse their website. They have some fantastic stories, a wonderful video, and if you're looking for something that you'll leave there feeling good about the world, maybe renewing your faith in your fellow man, you do worse than go to a website like that and check it out to start your 2023. Now, I know we're a couple weeks into the month at this point, a couple weeks into the year, and you may be saying, all right, enough of this New Year stuff for somebody who doesn't necessarily believe in the power of New Year's resolutions or things of that nature. You sure do seem to be talking a lot about new things we can do in 2023. Well, I say all of that because many of us, even if we don't believe in resolutions in the form of, I need to post this on social media so everybody can see how much I'm trying to do with myself this year and I can get praise and aplomb and all that, what I do believe in is something that I've talked about here from the very beginning, which is constant self-improvement. And whether we do New Year's resolutions or not, the marking of a new year is often a time when we can step off in a new direction. Don't call it a resolution. I think that's silly. Just call it a part of your continuous self-improvement plan. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but it has the same effect. Hopefully a better effect, in fact. Hopefully it works out better for you than a standard New Year's resolution to start a gym membership or walk every day or do a thousand pull-ups or eat 500 less calories every day, whatever those things may be. We often fall short of those things, and that's fine. So today's poem, I'm not going to follow the standard format that we've done in the past, the one that comes from UNC Chapel Hill and their writing center. Instead, we're just going to kind of wing this one. I've been exploring a little bit more my poetry analysis skills outside of a standard template, and I'm really starting to kind of enjoy that process. It forces me to read and reread a poem, which is when I think the greatest value comes from those things. Now, I'm also as you may or may not know, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I'm not somebody who enjoys rereading books. I have some friends who can read and reread books time and time again. And I'm just not that way. I'm usually, usually, not always, a one-and-done kind of guy. I tend to pay very close attention as I'm reading through something to begin with. As I have said before, it's how I often find many of the quotes that I bring to you here. So I pay very close attention to words, and I'm very attuned to them to begin with. So often I feel like if I go back and reread something, there's very little that I'm going to gain from it. And more importantly, because there is a zero-sum game to how we spend our time, that if I'm not reading something new, 
and I'm rereading something old, I'm missing out on something new. Not FOMO, so to speak, but that my time could potentially be better spent consuming new material, seeking out something new, a new perspective, a new idea, a new challenge. Vice going back through something else that I've previously read. As I said, that doesn't preclude me from doing that, as I do from time to time reread things. I think I've mentioned before, and I've done a quote from the book, but B.P. McCoy's The Passion of Command is a book that I've probably read four or five times. Now, that book is also about 60 pages long, so it's a little bit easier to get through. But that's an example of a book that I have read multiple times. So in this pursuit of self-improvement, constant self-improvement, starting the new year with a a bias towards self-improvement, Let's look at the poem one more time. There's a few things that I'd like to call out here, and I think you'll, you'll see some of the things that I see. But here's the poem one more time. The poem is called Hustlin' and Bustlin'. Quote, I often sit idle and wonder why some things are the way they are, why we romanticize pain and idolize exhaustion. I am a burnout, and it is not fun. I lack discipline, and it is not cool. I sit face to face with a screen at a godforsaken hour in the night, validated by bosses and colleagues who like me, have no life. When I wake in the mornings, I avoid sunlight and people, sticking to a cup of hot coffee that makes me feel less like a human and more like a machine. In the evenings, I choose to make dollar bills, forget dinner, and create problems, not just for myself, but for people who, like me, look for validation. Well, I'm giving you the validation. You are better than everyone else. You're richer, busier, wiser. Just take my advice and put your riches busyness, and wisdom to better use. Find yourself a real world filled with real people. Romanticize romance. And solve problems created not by you, but by what life throws at you. Who knows, maybe amidst all the hustle and virtual actuality, you may find yourself a life to live. End quote. And I think what grabbed me from this list, again, I saw many lists at the end of 2022. I think what grabbed me from this list was that one, it was poetry, and as I've done over the last few years with you, I've been attempting to expand my horizons into the realm of poetry. Much of it live here on this podcast. But also the fact that it resonated so strongly with me. You see, I have a civilian job. I'm also a Marine reservist. I also do this podcast. I'm a husband. I have a family. And there are many, many things that constantly pull at my attention. And in those quiet moments, say when I'm mowing the lawn or taking a walk or sitting alone quietly in my office between tasks at work, I often find myself wandering into thoughts of, is what I'm doing really worthwhile? Is it how I want to be spending my time? Is it the best way that I can be spending my time? Is it the way that I must spend my time? In the hustle and bustle, as it were, of daily life, Sometimes we end up on these paths with grooves that we've worn into our, ourselves and into our days that seem to take hold of us, and they drive us towards things that we maybe don't desire to be doing, but we do them nonetheless. And if you're American, you certainly know this. We have this, I would argue, unhealthy attachment to a crazy schedule. Now, I am American. I have grown up my entire life here. I have spent time overseas, spent a number of years stationed overseas, but I haven't ever really lived another culture's way of life. So I can only really speak for the American experience, but I can say that having worked for international companies and with people from other countries, that Americans by and large do, and for some reason we are proud of, 
the idea that we work ourselves to the bone. Most of us, anyway. And I've been guilty of this, and perhaps you have as well. But the idea that Nandini starts off the poem with the lines, Why we romanticize pain and idolize exhaustion. Now, Nandini does not live in the United States, but she has certainly worked with Americans. But the fact that she's made this observation certainly speaks to the fact that this is not a uniquely American problem. If you work hard and you pride yourself on the long hours and the exhaustion with which you go to bed every night and the fact that you can't ever seem to find time to take vacation because there's just so much work to do, well, then you may be guilty of exactly what she's talking about. The idea that we constantly have to be going, going, going. And she mentions multiple times in the poem not having a life, being so beholden to bosses and colleagues. The idea that she is a machine, she talks about getting up in the morning and rather than seeking out things like sunlight and people, which machines don't seek out, your laptop doesn't care if it's day or night outside. It does not care if there's a human being nearby or not. It is a machine. It does a specific set of tasks. And that that cup of coffee that she seeks out in the morning instead of sunlight and people makes her feel like a machine. And if you've ever had those weeks or days, I've had the beginning of my year has been extremely busy. And there are times where I have felt like I am perhaps more a machine than a person. And that's not, to, that's not a woe is me type of comment, but rather an observation that if I don't take charge of the hours of my day and divvy them out diligently, and make time and reserve time for myself, that things will eat my life away for me. I've said this before about large homes. If you have a large house, maybe you've purchased a large house, or maybe you grew up in a large house, or maybe you've moved to a large house with extra rooms. Maybe it's got a sitting room, a living room, and a family room. Maybe it's got an extra bedroom that you didn't have before. What do we do when we move into these larger spaces? We balloon to fill those spaces. You buy more furniture. You find things to put into those spaces. So too with your life. You have 24 hours in a day. Those 24 hours will be filled. If you deliberately choose how you fill them, you get to pick what fills those 24 hours. But if you just passively go throughout your day, that time will fill itself. And you may find when you eventually snap out of that kind of unconscious wandering through your life that maybe there are things that you missed out on. Or maybe there are ways that you spend time that don't feel right. Not that they were bad. I'm sure that in the moment when you spent three hours the other night watching Netflix, instead of reading a book, you felt like that was a good thing. Or perhaps you spent three hours reading a book instead of watching that movie with your significant other that you promised them that you would watch. It's not a value judgment on what you do. It's about the idea of consciously choosing what you do as opposed to just wandering aimlessly through the day. And another thing that jumps out to me from the poem is when she talks about creating problems for herself and for others. How often do we do this? I used to joke when I worked in high school, I worked in retail in a couple of places, and it seemed like drama would pop up out of nowhere. I don't know if it's part of the human condition, but it's almost as if, or at least it felt like at that time in my life, that if there wasn't something going on, something exciting, people created drama to give themselves something to do, something to be aghast about, something to choose sides about, what a silly waste of time that that is. I felt it then and I feel it now. And perhaps, as I told you and related that to you, you feel the same way. That, wow, it's weird. Just when things start to feel calm, cool, collected, like things are under control, finally, I, or someone close to me, 
creates drama. As if to say, well, there's not enough going on here. Let's go out and mess things up a little bit so that we have something to keep ourselves entertained. Again, what a terrible way to live. Making hustle and bustle out of calm and peacefulness. And another thing that I appreciate about Nandini's poem is the fact that she says, you know what? I've lived for this validation. I've sought this validation from others, and I'm sure you have too. Well, here, let me give you the validation. She says, you are better than everyone else. You're richer, busier, wiser. Now, of course, we can't all be the best. We can't all be better than everybody else. But perhaps in our own mind, if we started to acknowledge that we do have wonderful things and great things that are presented before us, we may find ourselves appreciating our lives for what they are and choosing and crafting our lives by having them craft themselves before us without our knowledge. And so as 2023 kicks off, we made a challenge to you last week not to hate, right? Bertrand Russell, do not hate. I make a challenge to you this week and a challenge to myself as well that we work to solve problems, not the ones that we create, but the ones that life throws at us. And that we work to craft our lives in a way that we will find enjoyment from. And just as Nandini Seti has said in her poem, we may find ourselves a life to live. And how fantastic would that be? Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod. Or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks, as always, for listening.